Hey, what's up, fam? This is Ethan speaking, and welcome to Family Tales. In this episode, it's just Bryn and I. We're not interviewing family yet. We wanted to provide more details on the show, talk about when we feel most alive, and how we define passion. I want to apologize. I was typing on my keyboard some. I'll be better about that in the future. But without further ado, this is Family Tales. For the structure of the show going forward, I feel like the three emphasis we really want to hit is stories, passions, and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we can try to do them in that order. Um, and I do feel like when do you feel most alive is a good way to find out what stories to, you know, to what stories to pull out from and trying to identify the passions within those stories. So it kind of segues into that, right? Okay. And then I think the best way to end everything would be to ask for their wisdom and just kind of give them a little time slot to um, share whatever message is on their heart. Okay. So that being like a, um, something they want to leave, like a sort of essentially like a legacy of like, this is what I want to pass, this, this knowledge, this wisdom? Or is it just anything, like, just just leaving it open to what wisdom do you want for this moment? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I think that could be left up to them. Okay. To, to decide whether it's, like, the kind of the, the message of their life or whether it's um, just a nugget of wisdom that they heard last week. Yeah. You know, like whether it's words they've lived by and stayed true to since they Mm -hmm. were little, or, you know, I heard this yesterday. Yeah, right. Okay. I think it could be either one. Yeah. Okay. Um, So in a regular call, start with that question and then lead into other specific questions about events or like pulling from the questions that I sent you a while back Um, or just going off and making it an organic thing where then I ask questions based on the answer. Um, Yeah, more... I was thinking more of an organic thing. I think the stories that they tell will likely um, have their passions embedded in that. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily true, but I think it could provide a natural segue into their passions. Yeah. Um, Okay. Because it seems like when you feel most alive, you're probably doing something you're most passionate about right right which is 
why the question is, I think, important. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And okay. so not only is it, it, it arrives to our passions from which we can um, investigate what about this thing um, draws you to it. What do you feel so passionate about it? Things like this. Okay. okay. Sounds good. So I guess with that, just to hop into it, um, when do you feel most alive? I feel most alive when I am in my body. So usually when I'm dancing, mm. um, not talking about like dancing like at a club you know drunk (laughs) but like (laughs) dancing um you know at a concert when i'm moved by music it involves both music and dancing i think the combination is when i just i completely leave my head and i'm just in my body oh cool um and that's when i feel most alive I also feel most alive when I'm out in nature when I'm hiking or doing something where Mm -hmm. really quiet and I can just observe what's happening around me um listening to the birds or seeing a cool bug or just connecting to the earth in that way and that also gets me out of my head and into my senses Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those are the two things that came to mind when I was thinking about this. So, would you say music's a big passion of yours? Because uh, you're a big listener of music and and dancing, but you're not like a prof- you know not a professional dancer, right? And you know, it's interesting. Like when I look back on my life coach I mentioned this to you before had asked me what is it I like to do when I was little Mm -hmm. before I became embarrassed Mm -hmm. and I would listen to music in my room and dance (laughs) like (laughs) sing and I I really have this strong desire in me to somehow perform but I never did learn an instrument and I wish that I had and I still can. And mm. that's something that I've been I've been trying to figure out how to get this need that I have to to participate in music um, in some way. And I've always loved singing. Mm-hmm. So singing and dancing. And I have been doing this in my room by myself recently as a form of meditation because it does make me feel so connected to that source um someone called god or the divine and like as a form of worship in a way so um yeah i'm trying to figure out how to what this means but i do feel this desire to 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 um to play something or to sing and I'm not really sure what that looks like, but um, yeah. I've always thought it's so interesting meeting people who have like music in their heart and they're so passionate about music, but like 
they don't play anything they don't sing <laughs> yeah and and they're by no means a professional dancer i mean i i can relate to that in, in a similar thing i um the way i express my passion for music would just be listening you know and just kind of vibing yeah. to it <laughs> um and it's kind of like there's this weird like you're not a musician but you're so um just as passionate about music in in a similar way um, right right and it's just I... a it's an interesting thing to de define <laughs> like what well, category yeah. does that person belong <laughs> lover right. of music <laughs> well i've always it's interesting lately i've been thinking about how and my friend mentioned this to me the, the other day like i'm a good curator like i i can um we you know people ask me what I'm listening to. I can like, I think you have, you're like this too. Like you can give good music away. Like mm -hmm. people trust your opinion because you have a good ear for it. Sure. Yeah. There's and a real think, like skill to that. <laughs> yeah. There's a skill to that. And I'm also like passionate about that too. Like sharing, mm -hmm. sharing of creativity mm -hmm. and it might not be my own creativity, but exploring others and then passing that along it's something that I think I'm also good at. So I don't think you necessarily, yeah. And that's why I'm trying to de decide, like, do I really want to play an instrument? Or is this just because I I feel like that's the route you go when you're passionate about this specific thing? Or, mm -hmm. you know, do I really want to? I don't really want to dance professionally. That's not a desire of mine. But Right. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't necessarily think that passions are necessarily something that you need to do and and make it into work it can just be a way of um uh, relaxation or rejuvenation or feeling yourself up um and i guess something that you just feel um a lot of love for um and appreciation for right yeah um, yeah exactly that that can that can go so many different ways but yeah it's pretty hard to define passion yeah i mean for me it's it's the feeling when you're in flow like you're not yeah you're not thinking about anything you're just totally in it and it's just you're moving with it um, totally so that's kind of where I would answer that question, when do I feel most alive? And I guess what I want to point to is that that flow state of mind where you're, um, you're engaged, um, not bored, you're challenged, but mm -hmm. um, you're not stressed out or overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. um, it's something you, you know, enjoy doing. And, and when you're in it and you're doing it you know time kind of flies by right um what is you're that? just in your groove for me um what it i mean it there's so many ways for me to access flow um even like taking a simple shower you know kind of puts me in that state of mind but it's mm -hmm. kind of hard to say um I feel the most alive in a shower, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's kind of a weird, <laughs> kind of a weird line to draw here. Um, if, if going off of flow state is like my main um, characteristic of this, but 
the 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 ones that are kind of um on the forefront of my mind is like all my mountain hobbies um snowboarding and rock climbing and mountain biking even even fly fishing um these they're i'd say they're all mind body soul Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. a lot of different ways um obviously they're very physical activities um riding a bike up a mountain (laughs) um it's that's super challenging um but that that challenge is also why it's so rewarding um but it's also super mentally um challenging i don't know if challenging is the word but um mentally engaging because um i mean at the level i'm doing some of these sports it's there's a lot of risk involved um if you're flying through trees on a snowboard or doing a a multi-pitch up a couple hundred um feet you've really got to be uh focused (laughs) and and kind of proactive mentally and just kind of have um understandings of your surroundings and what's going on uh, currently. So it just really connects you to that moment. And with that, you just enter this meditative flow state that, um, you know, the, the, the noise that's not around you, but kind of interfering with um, your headspace, just kind of quiet and, and you're left alone on a, on, the side of a mountain in a beautiful place and yeah. um it's just i wouldn't say it's like it's exhausting right so it's a little different than you're like um it's rejuvenating and refreshing it's 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 more like wearing myself out and yeah. and um challenging myself and um um I think it's also rewarding just being it's a workout in itself and to be a challenge that you have to power through like that physical challenge is also a mental challenge at the same time right. that mental toughness of like i'm gonna get to the top of this and and you know see the view or get the sweet line down i mean my favorite runs on a snowboard my favorite lines have been the ones where you have to hike to get to and so you kind of like get away from all the Jerry's and it's, it's a little more of a seclusive spot, but you also have to go through this physical challenge just to access yeah. that. And it, so it just makes this reward more rewarding, yeah. um, which is such a life lesson. Um, there's so many life lessons I've learned through those sports. And yeah. so um, my love for them runs deep and, and, that's definitely where like a lot of my passion lies. So yours is more um, involving the physical and the mental um, uh, engagement and focus and challenge where you. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of that mind state, but I think the, the physical engagement um, puts me in that. I like to work with my hands and be physical. So. Do you enjoy um, the process or mostly just the feeling you get at the end after having done it? Or Well, it's, um, it's a lot of things. It's probably not the feeling. I mean, I'm like stoked afterwards, but the feeling during it 
is is more rewarding than you know looking at it hindsight but um i i think um it's fulfilling for a lot of different reasons one would be the people that you do it with like you can't rock climb alone you can but it's like stupid dangerous Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's a life or death kind of thing so it's it's like this team thing it's an expedition Mm -hmm. it's a fellowship and and bonding over the crew um in a in a place where you know there's high stakes or risk is on the line um and you just bond through that so i think the relationships you forge through these activities is um probably the most fulfilling thing uh on but the the challenge of uh, conquering something or, you know, conquering a challenge is also a, a big fulfilling thing for it. But you know, at the end of the day, I think I'd point to these things just because of that flow state of mind where I'm just in the moment, mm-hmm. in the now and doing, you know, completely immersed in um, an activity that I love, but also in an environment that's just so like beautiful and right. such a, a mood boost. Um, it's hard to be, it's hard to be in a bad mood when you're on a ski resort or in the backcountry, just because it's it's so pretty. Right. Um, of course, unless you have like a broken arm or something, in which case, totally validated. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just I have so all of these. Uh, I, I think about these things in such a positive light. It's been such a rewarding experience getting to know these things i guess the other fulfilling thing that i forgot to mention would be the progress you're able to kind of track um you know that i'm a much better climber now than i was a year ago and i can visibly see that in terms of what i'm climbing but also in in terms of what i know Mm. um and my competence level what Mm -hmm. i'm i'm just the um especially when you take it onto real rock and you're it, it, there's real elements of danger and risk and um, right. having that competence level is kind of a good gauge of where you are in that progression. And it, it's rewarding to achieve a lot, some level of competence or a new level of competence. Cause you're just like, it takes work to do that. But um there's there's that payoff i think it's it's pretty satisfying or rewarding to have that sense of progress yeah i can imagine when you're doing something so physically difficult and mentally difficult that um a lot is revealed to you about yourself and Mm. the nature of being human and i i can only i don't do a lot of physical things but um the only experience i can relate that to is birth (laughs) childbirth oh sure okay you have to like you're i can imagine you're probably in pain a lot while you're you're cycling or maybe not so much snowboarding but if you're pushing yourself to an extreme maybe so or rock climbing or Um, or at least discomfort for sure for sure um yeah go ahead the snowboarding and biking definitely painful Rock climbing will have little moments, but it's definitely a hundred percent discomfort. Like right, right. The time, so. But there's so much 
fear I just in my experience with birth too that comes over you when you are doing things that are risky or painful or and so you have to like and this is why I wanted to do childbirth naturally so I could um, understand my mind a little more and work through Mm. that um, the stories that came up and Mm -hmm. just and see if I could not identify with them and push through them mm-hmm. to achieve what I wanted to achieve. Um, because I think, and I, I think that's also why that appeals to you. Yeah. It's like you are, there's a mental that. toughness. Well, there's and a... You're figuring yourself out in the process. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's building character. Yeah. Do, do I give up before I get there? You know, how enthusiastic do I feel starting, (laughs) starting a hike, whether, but you know, afterwards it it builds a lot of character. Do you ever get thoughts of um, like, can I do this? Am I capable of this? Is this, um, do you ever have any of those stories you have to work through or? Yeah. I mean, climbing, is one sport that where it's like, there's just some things that are like impossible to climb or just like (laughs) super, super challenging. Hmm. Um, And you don't want to get stuck halfway up a wall. (laughs) Right. I guess it's important to know your, your true limits. Yeah. You have to be super conscious (laughs) about it. Also, there's a real gamble. I mean, there's a, you look at, if you're establishing a new route, you look at it and you're like, well, I I hope, I, I think I can climb that. (laughs) like I hope um I'm still pretty new to biking and so I'm (laughs) I'm very um cautious (laughs) um yeah I'm not I'm still progressing on a very like uh moderate level but for snowboarding it's really hard for me to find something that kind of provokes that uh, sense of fear or, or start questioning myself. Mm. I mean, I'm starting to have to do like cliff training <laughs> mm. and, um, I'd, I'd really like to do more ski touring and, and ski the, uh, get off of the resorts, be able to ski the back country more often. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've, of all these um, little hobbies, I've been snowboarding the longest, and that's the one that I feel like I'm the I've uh, acquired the most expertise in. And um, so, the normal expert terrain, I mean, it's really appealing to me, and I love it. But it doesn't really give me that um, sense of I don't know if anxiety is the right word, but sense of like. Uh, you know, uh, on the fringe of self-doubt, I guess, where it's like, can I, can I do this or not? Um, yeah, uh, I, I pursued that, you know, that's, that's how I got to this level is looking for that thing that kind of takes my gut away, you know, and Mm -hmm. kind of, um, (laughs) it makes you like, is this cool? Like, are we all right here? (laughs) Yeah. And uh, just through chasing that, I've built that tolerance up and um, been making my progress in the sport. 
So do you feel the most alive in snowboarding or which of those? Yeah, probably boarding. Although the, the meditative state that you get from climbing is like really cool. Hmm. Yeah. Cause I can imagine if once you have mastered it or masters, maybe not the right word, but you've gotten to a certain level, then you're able to truly just be in your body. It's less, um, you, it's less of the mental. And so you can be a little more, um, more free with it more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you do things, you you know, you start to do things by instinct. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the skier who's on day one is thinking a lot about their carves. The skier on day two is carving, you know, intuitively and is thinking about the big jump that's coming up in 20 feet and what kind of rotation they're getting off of that jump, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, and, yeah. and then people who, you know, are flying through the air all the time you know, they, they can kind of think about how they're going to land or, you know, just kind of go beyond that. And I think that goes for practice and in, in any trait or skill, mm. you know, there's the basics, right. Where you're kind of focused on, um, I mean, for writing, you can think of like grammar or spelling and everything, but once you kind of master that and you move on to the next thing, you're starting to think about, uh, you know, character development and plot design and, things of this nature and then you know you can become more intuitive at that and then think of even more small detailed miscellaneous things mm. yeah i think that applies to to practicing anything you can mm. put that into weight training playing an instrument you know you learn first learn how to hold a guitar and next thing you know every time you pick up a guitar mm. you intuitively hold it you don't have to think about it right the, the art of practice and consistency and building habits out of that is just um, pretty remarkable and how, how, you know, humans can kind of adapt between, you know, day one and day 10,000 by the time they're an expert. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. It is. So earlier you said you were passionate about curating such as like presenting people new music um, and and uh, other, you know, curating. I think that's kind of a big point of what we're doing at Sage Express is to kind of have a place to collect um, written art. But I mean, it's, it's uh, more than that. We've featured uh, visual artists and, yeah. and then with these podcasts, we're just going to be highlighting uh, people's stories and stuff. So I think this is right up your alley. Um, yeah. I think this is a perfect way for you to uh, kind of exercise your curating. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to call it, but I mostly, it's not actually music is not my passion for that. I, I think it's, it's just um, offering new perspectives or new ways of thinking or seeing things is what cool. I'm mostly passionate about because I think um, we can get stuck. I mean, we, we live in our heads, right? We live in mm -hmm. our minds and only by um, having conversations or exposing um, others to different thoughts, do we start to kind of get out of our little boxes and 
and explore. And I think that's so important for us as a culture, but also as people and um, for human nature as a whole. Totally. So that's really, yeah. And music is a part of that. I mean, but I also love poetry and um, yeah. also just meditation or just different tools um, to um, understand your mind and yeah, all of that. So yeah. Those... Would, would, would you say that's uh big driver for starting this or where where did you kind of become motivated to begin this project so um i've been reflecting lately on uh well now that i have children the ancestors and the passing down of knowledge and wisdom and how Mm -hmm. in our culture we're not really doing that because we don't live together in a community like we once did Mm -hmm. and used to the grandparents were hanging out with the grandkids and everyone was together and you had the aunts and the uncles and the great great grandparents sometimes who were sharing their knowledge and wisdom and I think we've Mm -hmm. lost that as a culture and I think it's important go ahead even though it's never been easier to record those things. Right. So here we are. Yeah. So, and when you die, your stories and your knowledge go with you. And a way to keep people alive is to, um, to spread that into the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will live in you. Um, and so, yeah, I'm, I just feel like, even though we get with family frequently, we're still like when you only get with somebody for a week, there's, you can only get through so many layers because well, also at the nature we have kids now and things are busy and it's hard to sit down and have a conversation, but um, right. you know, when you live with people, you have the time to, to, to do that. But when we're just seeing each other every so often, it just, it's hard. So yeah. I wanted a place where we could just kind of like hear people and hear um, who they are in the inside and what they're passionate about so that um, that can be passed on yeah. and um, keep them alive. And um, I think it's important to know your roots and, because I think right. even if we don't speak our values, if we live our values, that gets passed on. And to have a name for like that, and to um, um, what am I trying to say? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, all of that. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Well, I yeah, it's <clears throat> fine. I I see this as being a. Well, I think that's like more people ought to jump on this, right? And start documenting their families. And I, and I've spoken to a few people about this project and they're like, man, I really wish I did that with my granddad, mm. you know? Yeah. I've had numerous comments and they say he was just, you know, such an amazing guy and start telling me these stories. And I'm like, could you imagine if you had him, you know, just a voice recording of him kind of. Right going through those things. And I think it's just such a, uh, 
wonderful opportunity for us to get to know our family. But I think this is can stand as an example to other people for how it might look um, doing the same kind of thing in their family. Right. Um, you came to me with the idea of trying to record this and do everything. I was like, well, I, honestly, the most accessible way to do that is podcasting, it, just being able to record a phone call because, you know, like you said, we're physically distant. Mm -hmm. um, but just an hour phone call and then through podcasting, you're able to distribute it, you know, free of charge and send to the rest of the family so that it's not just locked up on a hard drive somewhere right. or like saved in a word document. It's, it's just out there and accessible through numerous platforms. Right. So it's, it's a project that I think serves our family well. And that's the, the epicenter, the, the center focus of this. But at the same time, I think an outsider could watch it or listen to it and take something away that they're able to implement uh, in their own relationships with their families. Right, right. Yeah, and I'm super excited to, when you have like a more intentional conversation like this, um, mm -hmm. you are able to really get to know somebody. Um, no doubt. And, and I'm excited to, to, reach that level um because that's that's just important to me with all of my relationships i i i love to really get to know people um on a heart level and so i feel like yeah this is i'm curious to see what changes in the relationships and in the family dynamics and once this is completed i think it's going to be pretty incredible yeah, I, I think there's a lot of potential here. And um, if anything, just the conversations alone are uh, something to be thankful for and mm -hmm. rewarding. So, well, with that, um, what what would be some wisdom just off the top of your head? I think you and I might have a lot of opportunities to do this and so, um, or speak on other people's wisdom, but... Just for right now, what's off the top of your head? What's what's some wisdom? Um, something that I think is super important is to get out of your head and into your senses. Cool. By yeah. noticing just anything, smelling, just returning to your body because we often are just in autopilots in our heads. Mm-hmm. And to have those breaks to step away, to connect to what's really happening in the present moment, um, because that's all that is happening. Right. For me, that's, that is huge. Oh, that's, that's cool. I think that's a nugget of gold right there. <laughs> yes. What about you? That's a good question. I'm kind of scrambling over here to like, <laughs> find some words of wisdom <laughs> that's okay i mean you said yeah, a lot of there's... very wise things through your <laughs> through the conversation already oh uh, yeah uh, thank you um 
I mean, I think one message that just really works for me, especially at this point in my life, is is something along the lines of, you know, um, I guess work is worth it or, or, you know, something about taking responsibility for yourself and, and for your ambitions. Mm. Um, I think it's important to not shy away from challenges. Um, I think those challenges, it, the, the fruit of your labor is really sweet when your labor is, you know, you work hard. Mm. And so I guess that would be kind of the wisdom. I, I don't have like a little phrase to <laughs> sum yeah, it up. <laughs> I would say embracing challenge and discomfort. Well, yeah, totally. Sound... totally. Yeah, for sure. Um, and also understanding that everyone, you know, has their own uh, challenges and discomforts and um, being empathetic towards that. Mm. Uh, because, you know, we're all taking on challenges, whether we, you know, voluntarily do that or not. And that's kind of what I mean. I think you should be on the offense and be responsible voluntarily or, you know, face these challenges voluntarily. But um, at, at, we all we all face, you know, hardships and struggles. Mm. Um, I think that's something that unites people. Yeah. And I think that's a big reason why we um, – build relationships why it's worthwhile to build relationships and so i guess it something along the lines of that <laughs> relationships yeah. and responsibility i have so much that popped up as you were talking to like um talking about you know other people struggling too and being empathetic towards that i think like it's super important to um remember that we're all doing the best we can with the experience mm -hmm. and the circumstances that we've been given and everyone mm -hmm. has a story that has um, created and made them into who they are and there's always mm -hmm. behind every action of a human there's so much at play and I think totally it's important to remember that and um yeah we're just journeying together, right? It's like, <laughs> totally true. While we're here. So let's be, yeah, let's be gentle with each other and ourselves. And Certainly. Yeah. And, uh, and you and I have kind of talked about it before, but there is a fine line there, right? Where we enter the realm of coddling and, and start um, hampering people's tolerance for challenges. Sure. To where it kind of is this downward spiral of this, you know, person who's just um, not reliable, um, relies on everything else, everyone else, and has this victim mindset mm -hmm. and um, wants to change, you know, everything to fit them. So it's a, it's a weird balance. I, I also wanted to draw back to, to um, hearing people's stories and, and the circumstances they come to and everything. I mean, we're a product of our, our um, environment. Um, but just to have a platform where people can tell their stories, I think is such a cool experience having someone come to you and say, I would love to hear your story. 
because it's worth hearing. Like your, your story is worth hearing. It's yeah. valuable. It's, it's meaningful. Meaningful. Yeah. And it, ha it has so much to offer to everyone else who hasn't been in your shoes, you know? And so that's, that's one reason I'm really excited about this is just to be able to give people that opportunity. Right. And the opportunity too to truly be listened to, I think like when we devote our time to hearing this person's story, like it's about them and um, I want to be yeah. present with that. And I think that's so rare because people often want to interject and add their story. And that's just, Totally humans, but to, to go in and, and, and just to listen and receive, um, is a big gift. So, yeah, this is, I'm excited to see what we all learn <laughs> from this. <laughs> yeah. self -included. Yes. It'll, it'll certainly be interesting. <laughs> yes. At the, at the very least. Cool. Anything else? No, I think that kind of covers um, where our heads are at and how we're going to execute. Okay. And so I think I think we can wrap it up there. It's funny. My, my life coach always talks about the end of these calls because we, we do calls or we, I'm in a, women, a virtual women's circle too. And uh, she calls the after when you finish the call or something like this, there's a vulnerability hangover where you're kind of like, oh, I can't believe I said that, or I should have said that, or... Oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> and we all do it, just in the, the nature of trying to process and make sense of it, but... Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I know there's things I'm going to wish I had said or said differently, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's, as if, well, it's, it's as if it should have been said. I mean, that, it is what it is, right? Everything it is what it is. Yes. And I think this is perfect for episode one. You, you're now this host of a podcast. So I think you're going to have <laughs> plenty of opportunities to kind of put those messages back in. I would recommend just writing them down. Why not? Just keep them on the side and maybe you're able to point back to them in a, in a later interview. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you know, when you're passionate about things like this, I could just talk yeah, to you forever, you know, and it's like, totally, oh, that's totally. important too. Oh, that's important. So there's time. there's time <laughs> okay you've opened up a well in me that obviously i needed I, this is something i okay. should be doing All right, perfect Good. thank you perfect i love it yeah no well thank you this is gonna be fun yes all right cool all right until next time all right bye bye